Welcome to the Don Pravda and Erica Gray Show, The Twist. Welcome to the Don Pravda and Erica Gray Show. On tonight's show, we're going to talk about this red carpet that's been rolled out for the Ukraine and how the world is now paying for this. Don, have you checked out the gas prices? Hearing it's something over $5 per gallon. If you're lucky, maybe $4.95, maybe, uh, and there's talk about $6 plus. The world has changed in a short time. What I don't like, you've got this war now with Russia and Ukraine. There's beefs I've got about this. I, I have a beef that now it's costing U.S. taxpayers money so that we can hit Putin hard because of his going into Ukraine. And it's not just those of us in the United States who are paying, but Zeon reported that global investors have now lost billions and you've got the skyrocketing gas prices and food prices overnight as if we already weren't dealing with inflation and Europe is dealing with the same issue. I mean, what do you think about us paying for us to sanction Putin? I'd say I wish that there was no insistence from the West that in fact Ukraine become a member of NATO. It's not important to us, the strategic land of the Ukraine. I realize it's a very big part of the bordering states, right near Russia, right near Belarus. However, it wasn't really America's interest to interfere at the time and want it to become part of NATO. That seemed to be the objective that Vladimir Putin had, and he was insistent that he did not want NATO to interfere with the Ukraine. So therefore, we could have averted this great war, and it's regretfully the move has been made to enter Ukraine and to bomb it. We want peace. We want the players to come together. We surely do not want what is being projected now as a war of a few weeks into three months, into six months, and then I'm hearing for at least a year. We have to avoid this, the economic insecurity, the lack of confidence in the markets, the worry about that part of the world continues. We'd like to see Mr. Putin come to the table with Mr. Biden. And how about some international spiritual leaders from that arena? There are rabbis, there are reverends, there are priests. How about the world coming together? Maybe a neutral site might be interesting. How about Alaska? Alaska or the New York City public school system. Plenty of buildings in New York. A long way from home. Alaska close by. Maybe they could choose a beautiful area in the former Soviet Union. You know, you really think about this from a different perspective when it hits your pocketbook. When you go to the gas pump and it's $1.25 more per gallon. When you go to buy an item in the grocery store and it's over a dollar more overnight so that we can sanction Russia. And talking about that, you and I both listened to John Mearsheimer. And by the way, for those of you listening, his video called Why is Ukraine the West's Fault? That was published in 2015 has 17 million views and he is being referenced right now. And when you listen to that video, and for those of you who tune in on my YouTube channel, I'm going to have a link below. So if you're tuning into this podcast, be sure to check out my YouTube channel because the link for this video will be in the description. He talks about why this current crisis is the West's fault. He gives many 
many, many details, how this started back in 2006, how Russia drew the line then about NATO membership for Ukraine. And he also does what is just unbelievably shocking for those who are interested in the prophetic or future events. He talks about things as if he's talking now in 2022. He actually was right on the money with one of his possible probabilities of an outcome. He even talked then about the possibility of nuclear war. But when you listen to his argument on why this is the West's fault, it strengthens your view why we should not be sanctioning. And that's what I want to talk about too, is everybody keeps going on about how they're so upset about this war. Well, if they're this upset about the war, and of course, none of us want to see war. We don't want to see that footage. Why are they not compromising with Putin? Why are they still demanding that Ukraine be part of NATO? And if Zelensky is a peacemaker, why does he not make the Ukraine a buffer zone? And now we're going to be paying to sanction Russia. So not only is their economy going to be destroyed, but we're going to be feeling it probably, of course, not as severe as Russia, but we're going to be feeling it in our pocketbooks. Very different story when we're now paying for this and our quality of life is about to be affected. Your thoughts, Don? Well, I acknowledge Mr. Zelensky is a brave man. He is the leader. He is getting international publicity and he's getting accolades for his his ability and his confidence. He is staying in the country. Therefore, he's staying in the country. He's not abandoning his people and they respect that and they are fighting in the street. However, he is there. Mr. Putin is in his place in Russia. They're not far away. A very large percentage of Ukrainians speak Russian. It's not like these two sides are strangers. The people know each other. The leaders know each other. They have to get to the bargaining table and show some goodwill to other leaders who would join them. And I think there could be a peace, a ceasefire, and some results. Having months, having a year of this conflict will be a disaster for the entire world. The economic problems, the inflation. We receive much of the world's wheat from the Ukraine. It's been a big story since the days of the 1950s. We negotiate for this wheat, we make pacts, and we rely on the former Soviet Union. However, here's what we need. They have to come together. And one day, all this will be over, and we're going to have to deal with Mr. Putin again. He is the leader. I mean, look at the large land base of the former Soviet Union, which is now Russia. It's an enormous place. There's a lot of people. There's a lot of ability. And by the way, Carnegie Hall not having one of its greatest stars, Anna, who's one of the great performers in the world, cutting her engagement, a mistake. So let's negotiate, bring the people together. Maybe they want to go to Alaska or, in fact, how about... How about a seaport where they all can go for a swim? You know, Don, Little Odessa. Okay. <laughs> I got to say, I'm miffed. I'm really miffed about this because when it hits our pocketbooks, you know, that becomes a very serious issue. But the other thing, too, is I understand that war is horrible, but the Ukraine is really getting the red carpet. And I'm going to point something out on this broadcast that's going to sound a little bit shocking, but you're going to see where I'm going to go in a few minutes. Xeon did a great piece on the Western media 
media's racist reportage on the Ukrainian refugees. And the European Union, when the Syrians and the Afghans and the Nigerians and the Pakistanis and Iraqis were flooding into their countries, they lived in squalor. They were refused entry. There was a major issue because nobody wanted them coming in. They lived in these horrific tents. And even worse, they were sent back and you heard of the horrific things that they were facing because Europe basically didn't want them. But we've got this red carpet for Ukraine and Zeon pointed out it was actually highlighted in a few stories because they are a white race. And I'm about to point something out and Don, this is just so shocking, but Ursula von der Leyen, who heads the European Union, she's German, and she actually stated when meeting with the Spanish Prime Minister Sanchez, she stated that the number of refugees already exceeds 1.2 million people and the number is likely to increase multiple times in the days and weeks come. And then further along, she said that she was so happy that all member states are showing a big heart and offering all the help they can offer in this crisis. Now, this is a far cry from how the Syrians, Afghans, Nigerians, Pakistanis, and Iraqis were treated. And by the way, some Africans were sent to the back of the line who are coming through from Ukraine because they were African. But this next piece is going to really, really upset you. It upset me. And what's interesting here, Don, is it's coming from a German politician. And you're going to know where I'm going with this. And she stated, the refugees of this crisis, quote, get residency rights immediately for at least a year. And if that's not red carpet treatment, I don't know what is. And red carpet treatment for a country that is not a member of the European Union, and it's also not a member of NATO. But yet the previous refugees were basically had Europe's doors practically shut on them in many countries, or they went into those countries, they were not wanted. There was no red carpet. But now for Ukraine, there is this red carpet and we've talked about the land grab and the smokescreen of democracy. But what's really upsetting is that now it's hitting our pocketbook. So anyway, what's your thoughts on the red carpet treatment of this nation? The, the media is clearly filming, watching, interviewing those who suffer in the Ukraine. They're losing their homeland. In America and other countries are very sympathetic and aid is coming. A lot of this could have been averted years ago. In fact, since 2014, it could have been stopped, but none of this was stopped. And regretfully, Mr. Putin has uh, gone into his his bag of tricks, and now we're at we're at war. We're launching rockets. We're firing bombs into the Kiev, and this can stop. And I believe it can stop soon with the will of America. He joins Russia. There are other players in Europe who can come aboard. I think spiritual leaders can come by. Ukrainians could be part of the the negotiations, and it can stop. I'd like to recall a name from the past. A, a lady whose name is largely forgotten passed away very recently at the age of 90. Her name was Ida Nudel, or you say in the Russian, Ida Noodle. Years ago, here was her crime. She was charged with hooliganism for hanging a sign from a balcony saying, KGB, give me my exit visa to Israel. 
she was sentenced to four years in exile to Siberia. And what is the crime? She wanted to move, go to Israel. She was what you would call a Soviet refusenik, a little person. And the crime was wishing to leave the nation, and it's a horrendous exile to be sent into Siberia. Therefore, we're remembering her good name, and I wish to say, you don't hear about these stories in the last 20 years or so. There's a reason for it. They're not sending people to Siberia if they want to leave Russia these days. If some man wants to go to his church, if he wants to go to a synagogue, if he wants to teach religion, this has been respected. This is the higher natures of the Putin government. There's a lot of possibilities. So therefore, there's a story which is from the past. I realize there are political opposition. It is possible people can be imprisoned. However, it was not like those times when regularly somebody wanted to leave as a refusenik was sent to prison. This was going on decade after decade and was a very negative for this country. Now, Russia, now Ukraine, please do some positives. Get together. Let the forces that be combine them. Shalom, shalom, shalom. I think what they need to do is give Putin what he wants. They need to say they're not going to let the Ukraine become part of NATO. But no, they're not going to do that. And they're going to all make like they're all great good guys. Even the United States, we're sending in missiles. We're sending in this. Well, what about compromising? What about giving him what he wants? And when you listen to John Mersheimer, you can see why this is the West's fault and why Vladimir Putin is drawing this line and has actually gone in to wreck the country. You can totally understand why. It's interesting about his broadcast. He stated exactly what's being said about Putin in the media. And that's what another thing I want to talk about is the opportunists right now, especially among the Republicans. I have to say I'm independent, but you have Trump talking about putting the Chinese flag on planes and going in and bombing Russia. You have Pence saying that anybody who had come out in favor of Russia, these apologetists need to be held accountable. Yeah, well, when you listen to John Mearsheimer and the facts in this entire situation and what started this, which was the West, you listen to those kinds of statements and you can see that they're being opportunist. The thing to do is to negotiate and to compromise and to get this thing done. And then if the Russian president continues to go into the country and you want to bomb it, then bomb it. But to say that at this point, is just being opportunist because what needs to be done is this situation needs to be resolved ASAP. And to resolve it, the West is going to have to compromise. And they're going to have to give Putin either the Ukraine as a buffer zone, including Zelensky, or they're going to have to promise that it does not become a part of NATO and there will not be missiles on Russia's doorstep. And I think Putin has proved that this is a very serious issue for Russia and it's very much a strategic interest. And by the way, Don, it's not a strategic interest of the United States. What are we doing? We are about to totally destroy our economy, which is already on the way of being destroyed because our dollar is not as strong. It's being whittled away on the international stage, plus all of the spending we've already had with COVID. And now we've got to control Putin in an area that's not even a strategic interest for us. 
We have to get out of there as soon as possible. There has to be a negotiated settlement. And if anything, may many countries come together and rebuild the Ukraine. How about this as an international force? That would work. So no bullets, no bombing. Let's stop this war, bring it to an end, and rebuild the Ukraine peacefully. Well, the media is on a witch hunt. The media is like, you know, it's like a bunch of cattle. And they all end up saying the same thing in a different variety. It went on a witch hunt against Putin for invading Ukraine. But yet, if everybody really cared about Ukraine, they would be talking Zelensky into making that compromise and actually putting Putin to the test. Put the man to the test, compromise, give him what he wants, and if he continues to bomb, then let NATO deal with him, even though it's not in NATO's mandate to deal with him over Ukraine. But then go the extra mile, because now you really do have a total despot on the international scene. This country is a strategic interest for Russia. It's on Russia's doorstep, and it's a land grab for everybody involved. But for all of these leaders in the so-called, notice I say so-called democracies, trying to sound like the heroes, that they really love the Ukrainian people and they really don't want war, but yet they're the first ones that are hypocrites because they will not compromise on this issue. I could hear it over and over again that that's what he wanted. Your thoughts, Don? Well, let's end it. We have to compromise. The Ukraine is of no real strategic importance for America. It's of importance for the people of the Ukraine. It is their nation. They have been invaded, but let's end it. Let's end it. Get to the table. Bring in nations. Bring in the spiritual leaders. How about a few businessmen who have understandings of these nations? So let's get to the table, get to work. No bullets, more negotiation. Also, let's talk about Israel. What's interesting is everything that you've shared on this podcast about why Israel has the good relations with Russia. Putin is allowing this religious freedom in Russia. There was an interesting opinion piece in the Wall Street Journal, Israel, Russia, and the U.S. moral obligation. This writer, who is an Israeli politician, stated on the other side are a small group of moralists, myself included, who regard Mr. Putin's actions as the ultimate threat to freedom and who urge Israel to join the rest of the civilized world in standing unequivocally against him. But even he, Don, doesn't sound like he knows the facts. And why would he make a statement like that? Does he not realize what the relations right now with with Putin and and Israel and the freedom and there's also an an economic agreement that's that's in the works and so much so that Bennett has taken on this role and I I don't think this should be criticized. I don't think Israel should be criticized as now breaching morality because Bennett is meeting with Putin. Like, this is getting ridiculous. Israel has a long relationship with Russia. It has vastly improved. Who do you think is in Russia? A lot of And rather, what was the role of Russia? They allowed the Jews to emigrate to Israel. They cooperated. In addition, there's a very, very old relationship in business between the two nations. There are people, there are Russian Jews living in Israel. They obviously have ties to their family and to their countrymen back in Russia. So it's a old, sentimental relationship. It's a strong one. Israel has ties 
and they have made a few announcements as, as they are sympathetic, of course, to the Ukraine. Likely, they have citizens in Israel who are from the Ukraine, and once again, the Ukrainian Jews in Israel are very worried about their, their parents and their sisters and their brethren and the progress or lack of progress of this nation and the hurt that it's enduring. Israel has a big heart. However, they have a long emotional relationship with Mr. Putin. There's concerns. The chief rabbi, best of my knowledge, has said very little. We have very little information from him. But inevitably, he's going to have a meeting with Mr. Putin. It will happen in the near future in Moscow. We pray for our brethren, our friends in Russia and the Ukraine. And may there be peace in these ancient nations. And by the way, John Mersheimer's video, I believe, is trending right now. It's an incredible video because it basically sounds like it's right now in 2022, but it is so eye-opening. And he's not afraid to speak his mind and speak actually on behalf of Putin. He's not backpedaling like our opportunist politicians who are just looking to go with public opinion. And I'm sorry, Don, I I don't like that. I like someone that takes a stand, someone who's not going to backpedal, someone who's going to speak what they believe, whether it goes in the wave of public opinion or not. I'm not going to backpedal on any positive comments that I've made about Putin because this is what I believe. This is how I see it. This is my analysis. And by the way, what Mr. Mersheimer's views are were actually some of what my analysis, what I was coming up with as well as far as the roots of this issue and what was going on with this issue. But of course, he is so far more skilled because this is an area of his expertise and he just provided so many more facts. So I want to say that. I also want to say, I think if you're listening to this broadcast, you need to speak up to the politicians that they need to do something to resolve this issue for the U.S. to either butt out of it or or to give Putin what he's looking for and tell him that Ukraine will not be part of NATO to end the war. If they really care about the Ukrainians who are being bombed and killed, then do this. And again, I'm going to state this. If then Putin continues to go and destroy the Ukraine, then the nations of the world will need to deal with him because now you really do have the evidence of a madman. But now you don't have that evidence. What you have is somebody who is acting strategically, who has voiced these things since 2006, who has drawn a line in the sand, and who, when you see what the West has done and not taken responsibility for in this entire conflict, it's pretty upsetting. And the thing that's most upsetting is now, I think it was you, Don, who told me that we can expect, what, a year? You heard that it's going to be a year? Blanken has stated. It may not be a few weeks. It may not even be a few months. This is just today. It may be a year or more. And in essence, what he was explaining to America this morning, he's saying this could be a long confrontation and it's not going away. So, and of course, that doesn't, that's not definitive. That's an ongoing story, but not what we call happy news. Imagine this goes on and on for a year. 
I mean, this could be the destruction of the Western economy. The destruction of our pocketbooks. Now we have to pay astronomical gas prices and food prices because, of course, they have to use the gas to get the food to the supermarkets. What? So that we can give the screws to Vladimir Putin? Give me a break. This is ridiculous. You see how ridiculous this is when it hits your pocketbook. But maybe there are those of you out there who are glad to contribute. Maybe you can contribute to the rest of us. You feel that strongly. This is just unbelievable, but I can see it. I can see that this is because there's no compromise and there's a lot of hypocrisy about all this supposed concern for Ukraine, but not concerned enough to make a compromise with Vladimir and, Putin. And regrettable, who wants refugees in Romania and Moldova and Poland? I mean, think about it. It's winter in these places. It's cold. Moldova is a poor country. They're going to absorb thousands of others. Let's make a compromise, get to the table. In fact, bring back the refugees home. That sounds a lot better. By springtime, we'll have some good weather, and maybe we'll have better times, God willing. I hope so, Don. Mm -hmm. I hope this thing can be resolved soon, and I hope the message of this broadcast gets out. I hope that you make a stand to your politicians that this thing needs to end because we don't want to pay for it. Anyway, folks, till next time, God bless. And shalom to you. Tune in next time for more from Don Provder and Erica Gray for their twist on world news.